surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. I've been challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Buzzy. The surf, Duke. Welcome back to Surf Kings of Gotham, exploring one of the greatest sitcoms of all time and wondering, why do they still make Batman films? It's like trying to beat Picasso in his own game. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. And today we are watching Season 1, Episode 9, Zelda the Great. The one-sentence Wikipedia summary says... The dynamic duo, that's Batman and Robin for you, arranges a trap for an elusive annual bank robber. But the female magician, because they completely spoil it in this first line, they are hunting, is on to them with a new scheme of her own. Originally aired February 9th, 1966, directed by Norman Foster and written by returning basically show, show director Lorenzo Simple Jr., I'm glad to have him back. I missed that guy. I missed him, and I didn't realize how much I missed him until I saw these two episodes and compared them to the Max Hodge episodes with Mr. Freeze, which weren't bad, but he was really stuck on the plastic red thing that represented the heat in the room. And these episodes with Zelda, there's not a single gag, but it's just a lot of separate gags, and it all works really well. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, I like this episode, too. If this was what exploded Batmania as a thing, like where it became everyone was obsessed with Batman, I would get it. It'd be weird that Batman versus some old lady is the episode that makes that happen versus, you know, like the Joker or Riddler. But based on the quality of the show, I would get it. Just I guess before we get uh, rolling with the actual episode, uh, Anne Baxter plays Zelda the Great. Uh, she was... Born in 1923, so she'd be like what 43, I guess. When yeah, this, she looks uh, older than 43. That's and that's kind of common. That's where I went with the Aunt Harriet thing a few episodes ago, where I assumed she was probably like 20 years old and she just looked a hundred. But uh <laughs> no, she's compared to the other bat, I think she's the youngest Batman villain we've seen so far. Yeah, I didn't well, I mean, look up yeah, well, everybody else was like well into their 60s in 1960s 60s so it's like 120 well yeah and harriet was born in like the 1800s so that uh wasn't the case with her but yeah and they only experienced still... the depression they all rode regularly <laughs> in horse-drawn carriages <laughs> and yeah rode the rails making hobo marks on fence posts did you ever read um, or hear tell of that comic book um hard hard candy or candy mount big rock candy mountain i think it was called that's no, all about hobos and hobo signs <laughs> it was amazing no, but i want to why am i just fighting about this now i discovered Maybe. it through the miracle of breaking mayberry um which we ripped off for this show dan ludwig mentioned it and i looked it up and i was like why can't all comic books be good like which is really the premise of this show is is Batman is great in this show. Why isn't his comic book more entertaining? And Hard Rock Candy Mountain is kind of the same thing. Like, it's a book about hobos and hobo signs. And the villain is the devil that he fights with his fist. Like, this is all great. Why isn't this a film? Yeah, he should be a stabbing hobo. That would help him greatly in his quest. I think there was a stabbing hobo. I flipped through it one night <laughs> during my month, long, my month of ailments, which I'm still in, by the way. Dear listeners, um, I if I sound ragged, I have COVID, so stay away. <laughs> Not from the podcast. Don't stay away from the podcast. No, just stay away from me personally. Okay, yeah. Yeah, even if I don't have COVID. <laughs> Get away, I'm a stabbing hobo. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'm I'm I don't have COVID or anything, but it is uh, to break the fourth wall. It is New Year's Day, and I was probably a little drunk still when I woke up a few minutes ago. I thought you were still in the character of the ho- stabbing hobo. And we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> say I don't have COVID or anything, but I do have brain damage. Uh, from drinking too much wanna... hooch I, I rolled a barrel <laughs> well, you never know what caused it what was funny about this episode with um with Zelda the Great was and it comes up later but I was just looking at the Wikipedia summary and the words they highlight to get you to click on other parts of the website um at one point there's a there's a plot point that involves ambergris and listeners will want to hear this i had a thought the other day that it would be funny if there was someone somewhere in the world who had named their child ambergris thinking it was cute and then later she gained a lot of weight and now she's like god damn it and i immediately texted brady that that's true yeah so just think Uh, if i if if you sign up in our eventual patreon i can send you similar non sequiturs that occur to me while i'm drinking coffee in the morning and you don't want to miss out on those, ladies and gentlemen. No, they're solid gold. Um, just to finish up here, uh, Ann Baxter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I like getting carried away and all, but I still have this Wikipedia page open in front of me. Uh, born in 1923, uh, sadly passed away in uh, December of 1985. Uh, was the granddaughter of world-renowned architect frank lloyd wright uh she's in a bunch of stuff i'm not going to read the whole wikipedia deal she received an Ad- academy award nomination for best actress in the title role uh, in all about eve in 1950 and she was in a bunch of other stuff and uh, the ten commandments so again, i've heard sticking with this. batman's i've heard of this ten commandments and all about eve haven't seen them but i've heard of them i think i saw the ten commandments like on tv when i was little i haven't watched it recently but uh yeah pretty sure it's also based on a popular comic book (laughs) i also haven't read that one i'll read the hobo one first because it sounds more entertaining but uh yeah and baxter serious actress uh lovely lady and wonderful batman villain so uh surprisingly great yeah she really was to her yeah i um I really like the Batman villains on the show. It's one of the things that I like more than the than the serious, dead serious, uh, grave comic book, and also the similar movies. Is they cover the main villains like Joker and Riddler and Penguin, but then they completely go off the rails, and it's like lady escape artist, man with an odd shaped head, fellow who thinks he's a cowboy. I appreciate that. Well, I know, and that's why I want to, like, anybody could be a Batman villain. If you stay in school, kids, and say no to drugs, you can be a Batman villain, too. And come up with a weird, but it doesn't have to be too weird, just kind of off-kilter gag or gimmick, and you're set to go. I concur. Now that we've killed 40 minutes of your day with (laughs) babbling about a show, we'll talk about the show itself. That's correct. And the show opens, it's a quiet night in Gotham everywhere but at the first national bank at 8 30 no no it's 8 37 8 37 yes at exactly 8 37 there's an explosion uh in my notes i wrote i wonder if that time will be will be important later uh spoiler alert folks it will not it doesn't come up again again. at all no no 8 37 uh there's an, a, a camera shaking explosion at the First National Bank. I like too how the Gotham City of the Batman TV show, it's like 837. Everyone's clearly at home. Like there's no one on the streets. There's no there's no crime or anybody being gunned down in an alley. This city doesn't really need a Batman. It just kind of has one. Well, it does need a Batman because Gotham police can only like stop parking violations they're not really that's true that's true and we and and we have confirmation of that with this bank robbery coming up soon that's correct well let's get into it so we uh in the after the trying your best to stay on track 
<laughs> well, not really. I again, I I mentioned earlier, I'm still probably a little drunk, but yes, yes, me, dribble. Let's go, let's go. Well, I'm just reading my notes, and then I'm like, hey, what's the next thing I wrote down? Uh, the next thing I wrote down is there's a the security guard at the bank uh, who's dressed awfully like a police officer uh, is black, yeah, and he's shooting at a white guy. Right, so and Gotham, which is odd in Gotham City because there's like three black people. Yeah, but I wrote down, is Gotham in the opposite of America? That's a hot take on account of uh, a black cop is shooting a white guy. Yeah, and and a bank robber who hasn't actually done anything. Because in Gotham City, you don't really have to do anything to justify the response of the police <laughs> or the duly deputized <laughs> mass vigilantes, but they'll I mean, still come well, after you with extreme prejudice. Hold on, though. Now, you always say they haven't done anything, but in this case, like blowing a hole in the bank and like trying to steal stuff is I'm pretty sure that's a crime like i blew a hole I in the bank done something shake the camera yeah yeah so i you always say like hey the criminal didn't do anything but that's just liberal propaganda because i feel like in this case <laughs> that's they, some of your important really... <laughs> nonsense yeah. yeah your progressive penology has led you to act like blowing a hole in a bank and trying to steal exactly $100,000 isn't a crime. You were just wrong as hell. And now this angry <laughs> teen will beat some sense into you. <laughs> I hope so. I did like when the cop opened fire at the bank robber who's just like, I mean, it is a crime to rob a bank and blow a giant hole in the side of the bank at 837 at night. But like <laughs> the cop immediately, he doesn't say like stop or anything. He just whips his gun out and opens fire. And then when it doesn't do anything, he looks at the gun like, oh, and like holds the gun back from his face. I did, I did notice that on rewatching he looks too. At he just... the dude who was handcuffed to the guy who killed Kennedy when Jack Ruby shot him. And he's like, Ugh! like trying to get away from him. <laughs> I enjoyed that greatly. Yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, so the masked bank robber escapes with exactly $100,000 leaving extra which baffles me a little bit because we'll reveal the the motive behind the crime excuse me later on but you'd think like hey why not take the other 500,000 they say is laying around and then you don't have to rob right. another bank next year at exactly 837 or whatever the the time is you know what i mean exactly i was thinking if you i mean i get why later it's oh i need this exact amount because i'm only barely a criminal but um you know you could have just saved some time getting more you wouldn't have to come each year yeah if you if, you, if you're like really hate being a criminal why not uh just rob the one bank for just extra and then yeah yeah or 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 be a better escape artist yeah like like Houdini was rich. Like he made a lot of money doing his deal back in the back in the day. Why not uh, just be better at your job and make more money? <laughs> pull, your, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, Zelda the Great. And, That's really uh, the motivation for every character on the show. Why not just be better at your job? <laughs> <laughs> I like to see when the bank robber makes their escape, and you find out later. Spoilers. You find out later that it's Zelda the Great, the world's greatest escape artist. Her great escape is to clock the guy in the head with the giant like bag she's putting the money in and run off while psychedelic colors fill the screen for a whole minute. That's true. Um, speaking of being bad at your job, the next scene is uh, in the commissioner's office, and Gordon is just laying into these guys. Every Welcome April first, being bad at your job. <laughs> exactly every april 1st for exactly one hundred thousand dollars it's been two years and like they're just again about to hang their heads in shame and gordon just like full 180 you're all tip-top officers each and every one of you but we haven't found a single clue yeah and who are like, you trying to convince there gordon like you know they're not and they all know they're not and they're just pretending again it's nice, though, to see them at least like, come on, let's solve this crime and pretending they're not just going to grab the phone and call Batman. And and Chief O'Hara is already there. He's like, why do we even have to come here? We could have just called <laughs> Batman. 
Yeah, and thirty-seven at night. I I should be at home watching my shows. <laughs> exactly. It is late at night. They call them in just to like dress them down and then be like, "We got to call Batman." Like we could have done this from home. Yeah, exactly. Why, we're just gonna call him anyway. Why did we need to get all uniformed up and come in here? I'm pretty sure there was conference calls in 1966. You could have just done this from your from your home phone. I'm sure there was something of the of the sort anyway. Uh, they do call like for the bat signal and the bat phone this time, which was I think the first time we've seen that. Yeah, when they call for the bat phone, there's a funny scene or a funny shot where all of the police officers are like five feet across from the room from the phone and they all just stare at it. And the three cops that Gordon brought in to both tell how terrible and incompetent they are and also that they're really good at their job and the best Gotham has to offer are all like, oh, he's going to use the phone again. I was hoping we'd have 10 more years to retirement to try to not solve this case. <laughs> well, and it's only $100,000. They're not taking all the money in the bank, so I feel like they probably need it more than us. So go ahead. Because doesn't he say something like the... The president of the bank association is real mad. He's becoming increasingly concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it's been twenty years. Every year, you, they still have ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars, and you guys still haven't solved this. I'm becoming concerned. I like how much padding this episode has in the first half. That doesn't feel like padding. It feels like you're you never at any point are like, oh, okay, there's not much story here. The the padding is what makes this episode. Yeah, it is a good episode. Um, so he says, someone go up to the roof and fire up the bat signal. I'll use the phone. And then we cut to stargazing at Wayne Manor. Yes. So yeah, the phone just Alfred, rings and they're out on the balcony staring at the stars. They're on the roof. Desmond Doomsday tells us they're on the roof. Uh, it doesn't look like the roof, but I'm just, uh, I remember that specifically because it didn't look like they were on the roof. of Desmond Doomsday for new listeners or for listeners who have other things in their lives beyond this single show is uh, producer Bill Dozier's name he gave himself while he's narrating the show. Correct, which we got from the Batman 1966 uh, to 68 TV show group on Facebook. It's another fine detail of this show that was not needed whatsoever, but someone threw in there anyway. Yeah, and we appreciate it because I asked for the help. No, I'm no, no. I mean, I mean, Bill Dozier calling himself that. Oh, right. No, no. We I, we appreciate the help, Bat fans. That's great. Um, but no, I mean, I like how in most things, in most media you see it's like strip everything down to the bare essentials don't put in a lot of necessary details batman is like unnecessary details the series hold, hold my beer i'm gonna i'll show you unnecessary details we're gonna label everything <laughs> speaking of unnecessary so they're using a telescope on the roof slash balcony of wayne manor dick is like golly gee the rings of saturn are pretty cool and then Bruce Wayne is like, astronomy is more than just fun, Dick. It gives us a sense of proportion and reminds us how small we are. Uh, people need to do that more often or some. Yeah, Bruce has to make everything about learning, not so much just because he's a killjoy, but because Dick can't take anything. He can't handle anything with a normal human reaction. Everything is like, gosh, Bruce, the springs of Saturn. Oh, it's yeah. the greatest thing I ever saw. Calm down, psycho. The yeah. thing about astronomy is it keeps us all in perspective. You're no better than yeah. any, any of the rest of us. No matter how many times you say you're a god, it's not true. <laughs> and then he's like, wow, I can't wait to look in this telescope again and look at the world with a new perspective or whatever. And Bruce and Alfred are like, oh, thank God he won't start a cult yet. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a little off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a little off. He's, he's a little off, that guy. That's an accurate that, assessment. That that pantyhose-clad young man. Robin the really. Of criminals. There's so many scenes in these two episodes where 
you're really reminded of Robin is uh, not like most boys. <laughs> well, again, he's he probably fell on his head or something. I imagine that's probably what it is because he's he did grow up in the circus. He's obviously in his 20s or whatever, but he's still like, golly gee, ice cream. Can I play with this model airplane and pretend it's flying or whatever? Like he's, he's, he's yeah, <laughs> he's 32, but we tell him he's 16 because he's got a lot of problems. <laughs> um, so they notice the bat signal. Uh, Alfred explains it, thankfully, to us, the audience and to uh uh, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson as well. Uh, that's that's the bat signal. Uh, the commissioner must need Batman and Robin to like do their job for them. I like how they made up the bat phone, but they were like nine episodes into the show before they were like, "Oh, bat signal, some sort of light in the sky." That's a that's a good idea. Thirty years didn't of Batman see, history. Didn't we see the bat signal in another episode? No, remember. like actually, they never they never talked about it, but I thought they I thought there was like a no, I think I read in the notes on Wikipedia that uh this was the first time the bat signal was mentioned or used, or maybe used. It may have been mentioned before. Interesting. So anyway, since Alfred kindly explained the bat signal to us and everyone, they uh Bruce says, Oh great heavens, what a fool I am. Isn't today Wednesday? There's a lecture on African-American affairs at the something. Yeah. And then Dick says, holy Venezuela, you're right. And yeah. then they run away from a rib roast. Yeah. Uh, that Aunt Harriet has just told them is ready. And they need to go to this lecture. So two things about this, about that little exchange. One, when Bruce said, Bruce asked Alfred, he says, he smacks his head and says, oh, isn't today Wednesday? The look on Alfred's face, I was so sure he was about to say, no, sir. <laughs> I was going to be delighted. Um, but then Aunt Harriet comes out and says, I've made a delicious rib roast. What's the butler for? <laughs> why, why, why are you doing this? And then, and then she's like, he, Bruce says, don't worry, Aunt Harriet. After the, after the presentation, I'll take Bruce out for pancakes. Dick out for pancakes. And then they run uh, off and she's like, pancakes? <laughs> the whole thing is just, is just terrific. She says, running out on a rib roast for a lecture on politics? Catch me, Alfred. I'm going to faint. And Alfred, which again, this once again proves my theory that those two are boning hard. Uh, he says, my pleasure, madam. Uh, and I wrote, oh, it's on. Again, because I've always said in almost every episode, those two be getting it on. And, and it's one of those things where, like, you see sometimes with people where he's twice her size. So you're like, but that's awkward. And then you think about it too long and miss the next 10 minutes. <laughs> well, and then part of me, like, when I rewatch this again after making my notes, I don't know if he's really that into her or he's just like taking one for the team so she doesn't like notice the bat shenanigans. You know what I mean? I think it's more that it's there. So he's yeah. like, well, I don't have to go out for it. <laughs> That's true. Because uh, that totally fits Alfred's character. I mean, we've seen numerous times since we realized he was the straight man that like any mild annoyance, he's like, oh my God. When they were at the baseball game in the episode of Mr. Freeze and they said that the pitcher had been kidnapped, everyone else was like, oh, Alfred like plops his hands down on his side and throws his popcorn in the ground and like <laughs> rolls his head back like, oh, for fuck's sake, this country. <laughs> well, and I still imagine he had money on that game and now he's worried he's going to lose it. They're going to come break my knees. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to steal something from the house to pay for this. <laughs> when and when that when they find me, that psychotic child who lives in the house will attack me <laughs> and jump on my back and punch me <laughs> in the side of the head. I'm an old well, man. She, <laughs> which he probably does all the time. Like that's just like his game. <laughs> <laughs> He's on me again. Get him off. Get him off. 
so we get a, a the opening here and then atomic batteries to power turbines to speed mentioning padding and off they are to commissioner gordon's office where batman says sorry for the hold up what's the problem uh, First and off, then commissioner Gordon, Gordon says, says that they drive off to the to the institute of incompetence and they drive around to the back of the building, which is the first time we've seen that. And it's a weird true. choice. Yeah. But and you... there's obvious parking spaces in the back because that's where you're supposed to park, not blocking the street. But Batman just parks in the middle of the parking lot like an asshole and then jumps out and runs up the stairs. I mean, that car's got a long wheelbase. It's not real good for parking lot handling yeah. and turning <laughs> radius. Batman, like most modern drivers, just stops and gets out. Uh, this will do. Well, in most cases, there's someone just like standing there to be like, here, let me park your car for you. Batman, can I park your rocket-powered car? Of course, citizen. Yeah. So he says, sorry for the holdup. What's the problem? Uh, a holdup? That's the that's the problem. Which is, I, I thought that was fantastic. What a great line. Sorry yes. for the holdup. What's the problem? A holdup. <laughs> and all of that Bottom. actually did take place before before I jumped the jumped the gun and talked about what happened next. Yeah, I think we're okay. So ah, uh, I'll be fine. No one, uh, no one's following along with what's on the screen. That's right. And I can edit it anyway. Yeah. Maybe none of this. Maybe none of this even happened. We're gonna come trim a lot of fat off this one, folks. So, I guess it turns out the. Uh, Sorry for the holdup. What's the problem? A holdup is on the phone. My notes are unclear, but yeah, that's on regardless. the phone. And then, so Bruce says, "Don't worry, on Harriet, we'll get pancakes." And then winks at her to signal that he's taking advantage of her nephew. And they yeah. run off, answer the phone, and say, "Sorry, Commissioner, what's the holdup?" And Commissioner Gordon says, "That's just it, Batman, a holdup." And so they speed to the police department and block the parking lot, and rush in. Right. We've seen this show. So, they're in Commissioner Gordon's office. They're trying to figure out, like, this. who could this criminal be? What's happening here? It's happened for two years. This is the first we've heard of it. What are you people doing trying to solve a crime on your own? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Who, what could be the reason that someone would steal exactly $100,000 every April 1st? And O'Hara says, glory be, I've got it. It's to pay his taxes. And they're just like, a loyal taxpayer stooping to criminal methods? They're just incredulous. They can't believe, like, just O'Hara, like, go, here, here's a coloring book. You go sit in the corner. I'm pretty sure if the loyal taxpayer had to pay $100,000 in taxes every single year, they're already involved in some la some level of theft at somewhere, some point in their income, like yeah. making their money. Much, I wonder if I could Google that and see how much how much money you would have to make to pay $100,000 in taxes in 1966. Yeah, there's an there's like an inflation calculator. Hold on, listeners, we're gonna go dead air while Brady does that. I'm not actually going to do that. No. Okay. Um, it's a bill. It's a grillion dollars. Is what it comes. Yeah. To. That's like a something. They they must be. Maybe they're paying for the label maker to make the fun labels for everything that they do. Here, I'll do the inflation calculator. Beep boop. Beep boop. Oh, here it here it is. It comes to three point six grillion dollars. Wonderful. Um. So that's obviously stupid. It's not to pay their taxes. So what are we going to do? We don't have a lead. Robin, what do we do when we don't when we don't have a lead? Plant evidence, Batman? No. Make a lead. Falsify the news. Yeah. So make a lead? What do you mean? Don't worry, Batman will figure it out. Like just like, I know what the answer is, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon's like, make a lead. That sounds highly illegal and unethical <laughs> as hell. What are you gonna do? <laughs> And Robin's yes. like, shut up, you. It's Batman. He'll do what he pleases. <laughs> if you don't want it, if you don't like our methods, then don't call us every time someone like does anything but park. You must just want this city to fall into chaos. So in the first example ever of the uh, popular fake news, 
Uh, they called the newspaper and he's like, hello, editor, it's Batman. I need you to do me a favor and run a story saying that the, uh, the money that was stolen from the bank was counterfeit. That and the editor of the paper just goes along with this because yeah. an anonymous man wants to plan a fake story on the front page. Okay. And that's what that's what I'm going to do from now on, too. I'm just going to phone people like, hello, it's <laughs> Batman. I need you to do me a favor. He should start all conversations with, it's Batman, followed by a crazy demand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they do it because the next scene is, well, they, they show the newspapers like, flying by on the printing press yeah they use a lot uh, of stock footage in this episode <laughs> like they yeah. have some stock footage for the shots of the city at the beginning and then they have like all of the stock footage they own for the printing press like this is why paper is made i like it i um, do so they... i really like it i want to stop i just want batman to stop midstream in the middle of like you know high adventure and figuring out the the, the mystery to teach us about the newspaper industry I do like that how it's made show, so it's nice to see how things are mass produced. I loved when it cuts to the newsie, who's easily seventy-two years old. <laughs> I did like that too. And one extra, of my favorite extra. things happens in that scene. It's one of my favorite bits in the whole episode. The newsie, who's an old old man and clearly like sleeps under those newspapers, he doesn't sell because you can't be a newsie that long and have it go well for you. He's selling the paper on the street that says big joke on bank robber stolen cash was counterfeit and he's yelling this because he wants to sell these papers that he's already spoiling and so dennis the menace's dad walks up and he's like what's that you say what's the story on that and he says i'm not the news agent you'll have to buy one and read it yourself so he does because he's a hell of a salesman and then the newsie's like, what is the story on that? And starts to read it himself and then drops the paper and looks dead into the camera and is like, huh. I loved the fourth wall breaking. No, that was wonderful. Because he's like, why, why did the, the guy comes up and he's like, why did the bank have counterfeit money in it? And he's like, I'm not the special news service. Buy a paper and read it yourself. And then he's like, oh, uh, it was just there waiting to be like disposed of or something. He was picked up and disposed of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I know. Which was a good question, though. Like, yeah. why does the bank have counterfeit money? Batman, your crazy fake news story doesn't make any sense. Look, just print it and I'll pay you American money. <laughs> so now they're in the Batcave uh, using the hyperspectrum analyzer, I think. I didn't see the label, but think that's what it was called yeah, last time hyperspectrum analyzer you know because of all the flashing lights and flashing the flashing lights where they're the, looking at the bullet that was recovered from the bulletproof vest of the the criminal you doing the an adam West impression what's happening no i was uh i was burping oh great awesome yeah uh so they determine there's 13 layers of silk material fibers embedded in this bullet that hit the bulletproof vest and they use the pair of binoculars with the like weird X over the front, blocking the fact that it's a pair of binoculars for Robin to count all the fibers. It's padding, but it's excellent. Yeah, and these, it, but they, like they've got like the little like clear plastic or the, like the red plastic dial on the front that they turn to analyze the hyperspectrums. I love how the devices that Master Crime Fighter Batman uses. Or like something out of Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> well, it, but it works in this case because not only are there 13 layers of silk, uh, there's perfume remnants, some kind of something that's used in perfume, also residue on this bullet. Uh, so Robin's like, a lady? And Batman <laughs> says, hardly a lady, but a female, yes. And then Robin jams his finger right in Batman's face and says, the Catwoman! <laughs> Batman's not Catwoman. Like, no <laughs> calm down yeah robin's like the only woman it could be is Catwoman, and he's batman is like no she's in prison up the river safely behind bars so it can't be her it must be another criminal woman and they're just baffled do you really think if it was Catwoman, i'd be here with you boy <laughs> Catwoman calls me when she comes to town because we getting it on yeah oh yeah 
it hasn't come up yet that she hasn't been on the show just yet but batman basically gives up when catwoman comes to town he's like look these clothes are in the way let's get to, down to business <laughs> she is a lovely young lady for sure um but in this case they they realize it's a woman in an orange dress so they call commissioner gordon and he's like a woman what is this world coming to where a woman is a criminal yeah yeah he's just sitting in his office and he's got his head in his hands like oh god another day and then batman called and says turns out it was a lady and commissioner gordon's like oh what what is this world coming to i think god every day that i'll be dead by 1970 and batman's like yeah anyway it's a woman and we finally need to capture make the crime stop right so then we cut to uh the gnome. response that was great yeah so yeah you a whole bit and your response is right so then we cut to <laughs> <laughs> that's how it always goes i wasn't even listening honestly i was like trying not to fall asleep i don't listen um, to your drivel just like our just like our podcast <laughs> it's just just like our listeners yeah they no one's listening anyway that stupid it's nonsense a, it's it's like uh <laughs> It's like major league yeah who gives a shit nobody's listening <laughs> <laughs> oh now they're laughing at themselves great this is a good choice to listen to today i could have turned on npr and listened to a review of comfort me with apples well again we've been talking for like an hour and we're like seven minutes into the show <laughs> i'm just trying to keep it moving i nearly spit coffee out of my mouth when you said that this is a winner uh, folks so uh this is the new high water mark i'm gonna i'm gonna splice in me laughing to the thing you just said about a shook lady crook or whatever where oh, <laughs> oh yeah that's that's excellent commentary on this episode okay so <laughs> now, before you before you called me out on moving along uh now we cut to the gnome bookstore gnome where... bookstore the most unappealing yeah. and random name for a bookstore ever when i go to yeah. barnes and noble no no let's go to the gnome bookstore <laughs> where ewal ektal uh the what is he, is he albanian like the albanian genius i think they call him a few times yeah a few uh, times like 20. it's just hanging out in the back room and she walks in in a cloud of orange smoke. So, you know, she's pretty fantastic because she, she doesn't have like theme music that plays when she walks into a room. She just has like a puff of orange smoke. A cloud uh, of billowing orange smoke that doesn't dissipate. Yeah. All of those tricks and stuff remind me of, have you seen that fan theory about The Dark Knight Rises where it talks about how when Batman and Bane first fight, Bane's like, base trickery and, and then people were like it's because he has brain damage <laughs> 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 it's doing his best <laughs> i didn't see that but that sounds about right okay after she walks in in a cloud of smoke we realize that uh she is the thief she steals a hundred thousand dollars every april 1st uh, no mention of 8 37 p.m exactly but she steals the money, $100,000, to pay this genius. Albanian her, genius. The Albanian genius for tricks, escape artist tricks. Yeah, check off gun be damned. I do it sometime every year. Exactly. So they discover, so now we realize why she's, why the money is being stolen, uh, not to pay her taxes. It's to get escape artist trickery. Um, and then he reads the newspaper, realizes that the money is fake, or decides the money is fake, uh, counterfeit, and she starts crying and says, I never wanted to be a criminal, I just wanted to be a bad magician. A bad I, magician, that was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm just a poor magician, I didn't want to make any money, which is obvious because I have to steal it instead of putting on a good show and earning money. I never wanted to make any money, which is why I became a magician. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and and as she's crying, so she starts like reaches like behind her her pin or whatever and starts pulling out handkerchiefs, but they're all tied together like bad magician style. 
So she's got like that's the 13 layers of silk, which really hits home that this uh this lady is the criminal. I love that she has a ring full of fake tears that comes up later in the next episode. And also when 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 uh I forget the guy's name, the Albanian genius is talking to her about how they've been doing this now for her entire miserable career. She starts to pull out a handkerchief out of her dress. And it's a it's one of the those gags where clowns just keep pulling and pulling and pulling, but she does it while she's fake crying. It was pretty great. I know, but she doesn't use the first one to to like blot her tears. She uses like the end one. She waits till they're all out, and then she uses <laughs> yeah, the last she pulls one. The whole damn thing out. It's like six feet of handkerchief. But then he's like tastes her tears or something creepy and is like these are glycerin tears they're not real tears you're faking and she's like ah fine you got me yeah tasting this woman's tears keeps coming up as a plot point and it's never not weird yeah, it's fantastic um so because the money's fake uh, I, I can show you your next trick but i'm not letting you i'm not teaching you the secret so they've got a uh he reveals the escape is a a jet age plastic <laughs> these special jet age plastic to make a a room an inescapable room with a giant padlock on it and that is her escape and he demonstrates that it's inescapable and unbreakable by hauling out a damn machine gun walking <laughs> to point blank range of the jet age like tube and opening fire in an enclosed space <laughs> and the bullets yeah. just ricochet everywhere <laughs> <laughs> maybe he gets her to get behind something he's like hide behind this i'm gonna show you how it's unbreakable and then he just like <laughs> blasts it with a gun i did um, not see so, that coming Link yeah opens fire at it i know and then he's like yeah this is part of your trick this is how you're gonna show that it's unbreakable you're gonna do this exact thing while you're on stage and just shoot it with a gun and it's like that sounds dangerous because those bullets are bouncing everywhere that all sounds insane. I'm a bad magician, not an insane one. You're yeah. thinking about uh, Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> so they, yeah. So he's like, get in here and I'll show you. So it's going to this locked chamber, this jet age plastic chamber with the the giant padlock on it is going to be inescapable. And it's also going to fill with like poison gas and you're not going to be able to escape. Yeah, And then she's like, oh, of course I can escape. Look, there's a grate here. And he's like, yes, a grate. Go ahead, try the grate. And it, uh, so she touches it and gets electrocuted. It's like violent. So he says, it's a violently electrified grate. It's not she, just electrified. It's violently electrified. And she makes this noise where you really feel bad for her. She's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> In the middle you of a sitcom. And I don't understand the purpose of electrifying the grate when it's like a stage show and it's like you should right? just pretend really, you know what I mean? It's pretty it's pretty cool. And I like how he takes the giant ornamental ornamental padlock off the door to let her in. Why is the padlock there? Why <laughs> did you spend some of last year's hundred thousand dollars <laughs> making this padlock? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fantastic. The great, it, the electrified great and the smoke that comes out pays off really well when you find out what, what you find out in the next episode. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, so she's like, well, how do I escape it then? And he's like, I'm not telling you till you pay me, you idiot. Uh, yeah, because, because this money's, yeah, because this money is fake, you need to do something else. And he's like, but no, look at the newspaper again. There's a giant emerald that on display at a jewelry store i want you to steal that it's not quite as convenient i, I underline i wrote it down convenient because that's how he said it and then i underlined the w like four times it's not quite as convenient as cash but it'll do yeah i looked this guy up on wikipedia because i was like surely he's somebody because he's basically it's basically a two villain episode this her and this guy and he's mm -hmm. just like a character actor. Huh. Like, they make That's a big deal fantastic. about him, but there's no real reason to. Well, his accent is better than Mr. Freeze's in the last episode. Yeah. 
True. Maybe Albanian's easier to do than German. I don't know, but no one knows what Albanian sounds like, so anything is fine. That's true. I assume so, yes. you're doing New York Albanese. That's correct. <laughs> huh? So she knows it's a trap because she has ladies' intuition. She's got secret lady powers. So she's the smartest person to ever appear in a Batman episode. So <laughs> Including Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's first banana. She's she's Alfred's still sure. crippled by a penis. So she's <laughs> she's the smartest person yet. Yeah. Ladies' intuition. So it is a trap. She's right. I bet I if we call this, this one. I bet if we called this one Surf King's Episode 9, Crippled by a Penis, <laughs> it Consider would just it explode. <laughs> I hope so. It's about time something exploded. Share with your like, friends and family. I, I like having six listeners, but it wouldn't kill us to have seven. Yeah, your mom will enjoy Surf King's Crippled by a Penis. <laughs> So with your grandmother, she remembers watching this live, but it wasn't called crippled by a penis at the time. That's correct. So they're in the jewelry store and Batman is really explaining to this lady. I thought for a second, because this is a weird looking lady. I thought it was Zelda in disguise for sure. Like he's because he's just giving her the whole plan. But no, it's just the real jewelry store owner lady. Yeah. And she's like looking at Batman like, oh, the whole time. It's yeah. really kind of unsettling. Like you're like, should I be watching this? It feels kind of voyeuristic. Yeah. And he's explaining like, this does this real or does this fake emerald look real enough? It's got a secret transmitter in it. So we're going to follow this lady to her hideout when she steals it. And we just need to conceal ourselves somewhere on the premises. And she's like, How about that balcony? And there's a balcony in the jewelry store. In the jewelry store. <laughs> but it, this, no there's no purpose. Yeah, it's like a balcony to nowhere. There's no one of those door, ornamental like, balconies. Yeah, there's no door to get up there. It's just like, a, like how are you going to dust that? I don't even understand. But it, it serves absolutely no purpose. There's a balcony with no way to get to the balcony unless you carry a rope with you. Yeah, which Batman does. And battery. Oh, that's true. But we don't see him have to climb it this time. So we miss out on the, on the, the scampering or scurrying yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's officially called the Bat Skedaddle. Yes. It's not, but I pretend that it is. It is now. Yep. We've started the thing. Stop all us, six listeners. We've already beaten <laughs> you a hundred times for all I can count up. I'm not good at math. That's right. So, but she realizes this is a trap. She's outside with binoculars up in a up in a room watching what's going on. So she's like, yeah, I see Batman and Robin in the Batmobile hiding. So... And this definitely Robin run across the street and almost get hit by a car. (laughs) 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 And and there's just a tent set up to hide the Batmobile uh, under the guise of being like, I don't know. Yeah, it's the Gotham City Power Company, is what it is. The whole the whole thing is Batman set up an elaborate thing with some guys from some guys who weren't doing anything else from that fine institution, Gotham City Police Department. Who are sitting on a crate, like eating Chinese takeout and looking at this tent with the Batmobile barely hidden behind it. And I thought about Ghostbusters too, when they were trying to get into the under the city to like find the slime or whatever. And the Ghostbusters, who are basically janitors, were able to tear up an entire city street. And Batman, who has more money than God, manages to put up a tent with a little <laughs> sign. Well, because it's not being a good citizen to rip up the sidewalk. No, no. And God knows that Bill Murray was not a good citizen, nor is he today. Exactly. He'll he'll come on the show now, just to dispute that. (laughs) I hope so. He's the one person I'd invite. Everyone else, forget it. But I I like Bill Murray. I like like to... um, Now I'll be the person who gets us back on track. I like too when Zelda like puts her binoculars down, she turns right to the camera and talks to the viewer. That's true. I wrote, was she looking into the camera? I wrote that down. She absolutely was. I love the fourth wall thing. I'm probably one of the only people like in the world who's not a woman who thought that She-Hulk was the best Marvel thing since Avengers. Um, so I totally love the fourth wall thing. Like I love when when superhero characters are like, this is really stupid. Wink wink. 
I haven't seen that yet, so don't spoil it for me. Turns out that she's Hulk, but a female version. Oh, ah, I told you not to spoil it. Oh, yeah, that, and I, I really have. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's really the whole plot. Okay. Well, I'll check it out when I get to it. I think I have to watch something else first. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye is about a guy who realizes he's of no use. Spoilers. <laughs> I liked Hawkeye. I liked anyway, Hawkeye, too. I li- but back I liked, on track. I liked it based on the fact that he was like aware of the fact that he shouldn't be alive. That's true. That was I, I enjoyed that one. Not anyway. because of the Thanos thing or Avengers or anything. Just because he's some dude with a bow and arrow who fights crime. He should not be alive. <laughs> yeah, nobody uses a bow and arrow. That's true. But he's got cool arrows. He was undone by the crossbow 500 years ago. Much <laughs> less like, like alien space technology. Wow. We are the off-trackest we've ever been. I think the audience will really eat it up. If I don't edit it out... Yeah, and if he edits it out, hey, it's a Patreon bonus. If you're hearing hey, this, right. thank you for your money. <laughs> yeah. We spin it wisely. So, because Zelda the Great knows it's a trap, uh, she comes up with a new plan, which is to kidnap the aunt of Dick Grayson, the youthful horde of millionaire Bruce Wayne. Which is just naturally where you would go. I think it's great. What a oh, good I think idea. It's great, but like I this... would never think that, like, hmm, what's my next step? I know I'll kidnap Dick Grayson's aunt. That's true. I don't know how people know about her, but at least she knows who Bruce Wayne is. <laughs> She's some crazy shut in. We'll, we'll, we'll capture her. Yeah, but, she knows who but, Bruce Wayne is, which is a yeah, major the... improvement over the penguin who had never <laughs> yeah. heard of a man before. <laughs> Who's this guy? Must be from a rival umbrella factory. Uh... <laughs> I'm really invested in my umbrella business. <laughs> I'm the shittiest criminal ever. <laughs> um, so she she scams uh, Aunt Harriet by phoning, and just Aunt Harriet's half of this conversation is absolutely, absolutely delightful. Yes. So she answers the phone, and she's like, hello? A batted ball? What playground? Yeah. Playground matron? Like so, the what we can discern from this half of the conversation is Zelda calls her and says, "Hey, I'm a playground matron, playground and your matron. nephew, your nephew Dick Grayson was hit in the head with a batted ball. Uh, yeah, playground. And now, and now he's acting a fool. You need to come get him. Oh yes, this is the playground matron. Your 25 year old nephew." was hitting the head with a bat and ball at a playground with some children and he's blacked out on the, on the ground and he keeps twitching. Can you come get him? No, and she falls for it. She's like, well, oh, how, what play- oh you've already sent a, a special taxi for me? Thank you. So she's like, I'll wait outside, which it was just like looking at it in a modern with a modern lens uh I think it'd be pretty funny if they're like, and also I need $5,000 in Walmart gift cards or the IRS is going to get you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Looking at it with an anytime lens, I like, I imagine the cab driver driving up and being like, you the lady whose 30-year-old nephew is passed <laughs> out in the playground? <laughs> what was he doing in a playground? Uh, he keeps aging 15 years each time I say his age. Your 45-year-old nephew blacked out. <laughs> well, he, does time, he just spent a lot of time lurking in playgrounds. Usually <laughs> <laughs> behind the bushes. Yeah. That's where Some he was. Guys. He wasn't actually playing baseball. He was just being creepy <laughs> son of a bitch, Dick Grayson. And a bat well, a ball hit him in the head. And he fell out of the bushes. Uh, <laughs> Look um, over there, an old thankful- man. Thankfully, they called his aunt. Yeah, they knew who to call. Why, he's the nephew of known spinster Aunt Harriet. (laughs) Uh, So back in the jewelry store, uh, they're just crouched on the balcony to nowhere. Complaining about it because they've been there a while. Like they're clearly getting stiff and sore and they're like, how long (laughs) am I going to be here, Batman? It's been an hour and this lady hasn't fallen for our ruse yet. What the hell is happening? 
I was told I could jump on some lady. <laughs> well, and it's funny because it's true, really. Like, how long do you have to wait normally? Like, I, I know it always happens quickly in, in these episodes, but if you plant a story in a newspaper and then have to lay and wait for someone to like read it and then pounce on your on your trap literally pounce on you yes yeah and you see so, in this scene how ridiculous it is the whole thing with batman holding up his cape like in movies and comic books they always treat it like that's the coolest thing in the world but here you really get to see how oddly specific it is that he's bat themed because when batman jumps off the balcony behind zelda he raises his cape up, but he doesn't do it right. So he's just like holding the ends and it's all limp. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Just grab her. But if you grabbed her, that would uh, let on too soon that she's not real. She is created by mirrors and a hat. Yeah. She's Zelda, real. a she's... shitty magician, self-admittedly, can make realistic holograms from a hat. Yeah. This is well before Tupac, too. So that's fantastic. She doesn't even go on stage anymore. It's just a hat that reflects her image. And then we find out, so she disappears. The emerald is gone. They run outside and find it like just in the street. So they're like, dad, damn it. She knew she stole the emerald, but she didn't take it with her because it's fake. And the homing device is going to do absolutely nothing now. How are we going to track this hologram lady? Right, and then the one of the random guys who was eating Chinese, like the last scene near the Batmobile, is like, hey, Batman, phones are ringing for you. <laughs> hey, Batman, come answer your phone. Uh, so he, he does. you're eating and watching Batman talk <laughs> on the phone. Let me listen to your conversation. Uh, well, I chew loudly. Yeah, so they discover that Aunt Harriet has been kidnapped. Uh, the... They don't call her Aunt Harriet, of course. Commissioner Gordon explains that uh, Harriet... When Harriet Cooper has been abducted. You know... Oh, yeah, Cooper. You know, the I lady her name. at Bruce Wayne's place to dial down the gay. <laughs> I, I was going to say Harriet Tubman. I couldn't remember her last name. But, it, <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's Cooper. It's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I have bad news. Turns out Bruce Wayne's youthful ward's aunt... Harriet Tubman <laughs> <laughs> has has been kidnapped. Uh, the ransom is um what is it? Was it a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, they're still trying to just get a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> they haven't increased the stakes at all. A uh, hundred thousand dollars, and we needed in an hour. Bum bum bum, and Robin's just like no. Robin Robin says. And Harriet, while the guy is still standing there <laughs> eating his food, and Batman nudges him, and he's like, I mean, some lady named Harriet. Yeah. Poor Mrs. Cooper. Poor old woman. I've never met or heard of before. Yeah. Well, stranger. So then, in, in true Batman tradition, they end the episode by upping six to a ridiculous homicidal degree and you see zelda sitting in like her random apartment i guess and she's knitting while aunt harriet is hung over a burning fire inside of a like a brightly painted crate and she yeah. has a straitjacket and a mask over her face and her feet are just kicking just kicking just randomly kicking <laughs> suspended over a like burning oil or something i think they they said hey, it kids, want to see an execution <laughs> like yeah, it's not enough to like i'm going to kill her violently if you don't give me the money she's already got it set up so we can see it it's brilliant yeah yeah like i just love how every batman villain has to take things 20 steps past where anyone would ever go <laughs> <laughs> so this one says holy backfires right Aunt Harriet has just one hour. What'll it be? Splash, which I don't understand, or salvation? You don't really splash into a fire, but splash. But it's it's salvation. burning oil. Oh yeah, it's it is burning, burning oil. oil. Yeah. That's right. You gotta have the specific details. It's Lorenzo Simple. Hold a hopeful breath for Aunt Harriet until tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. 
And yes, what a great episode that was. It was amazing. I hope she, I it hope she's just, okay. It ends with Aunt Harriet just kicking her feet. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I'm willing to bet that they actually just left her hung up there until the, like they started filming the next episode. See you next week, Madge. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be okay, right? You're insured. <laughs> uh, we can't that afford was... to cut you down and put you back up. <laughs> so that was episode nine. The notes for this one say, when Batman tells Commissioner Gordon to be on the lookout for a female suspect, Gordon seems shocked at the thought of a criminal being female. Although Robin had mentioned Catwoman only seconds earlier, this is one of those notes where they just tell you what happened. Robin's reference to Catwoman marks the character's first mention in the series. Julie Newmar, however, would not make her appearance first appearance as Catwoman for another 11 episodes. That's a long time. I thought she was in there from the That's beginning. a long time. I miss Catwoman. It seems odd that her all about Commissioner Gordon. It seems odd that Commissioner <laughs> Gordon would have O'Hara turn on the bat signal before he had even tried the bat phone. As he could not have known, Batman would not be near his phone before he called. Though not the series' first reference to the bat signal, it is the first time the signal is used in concert with the hotline. Fair enough. For the first time, Batman and Robin are not part of the cliffhanger at the end of this episode. It is Aunt Harriet who is left hanging over a fire. They should have said grease fire. This was Ann Baxter's first appearance on the show, but her only one is Zelda. She would later appear in the final season as Egghead's paramour, Olga, Queen of the Cossacks. Really? Egghead being uh, Vincent Price's villain, who's... Uh, thing is that his head is shaped weird. Jaja Gabor and Betty Davis were considered for the role of Zelda. Gabor eventually wound up playing Minerva in the 1968 series finale, finale Minerva, Mayhem and Millions. Frankie Darrow, who plays a newsman, had previously played in the Bowery Boys film, so he was, he was someone. Um, the episode includes a rare case of characters breaking the fourth wall. Oh, I hate that it's rare. I, I like that every episode, actually. Yeah. As both Zelda and Darrow's newsman character directly address the audience. The episode was originally entitled The Inescapable Doom Trap. Uh, the episode is based on Batman's Inescapable Doom Trap. <laughs> from the <laughs> number 346 by John Broome. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Oh, Although the evil character Evil Ekdal appeared in the story, Zelda did not. Instead, the magician was a man named Carnado, which is funny in itself. For once, the dynamic duo enters through the rear, and rear is italicized, of Police HQ. That makes it sound dirty. Yeah. They enter through the rear to get their pancakes. <laughs> so that was episode... Nine, Zelda the Great. What an episode it was! It really was. I enjoyed it. I did. I did like that one. Yeah, it was. I tough. hope this. I like I said at the beginning. I hope this is like sets the tone going forward. Like they're finally really starting to get the template down. Because this was yeah, entertaining nice. as hell, and it really yeah, had no nice stuff. Lorenzo took some writing classes. In yeah, his absence, I guess, in the last four episodes or whatever. Yeah, I like his stuff. I really do. He wrote Flash Gordon oh. later. Um, all right, so that was this episode. Um, be sure to like and subscribe, or however this works. Um, yeah, like and subscribe, and share with a friend. Tell someone. Yeah, don't keep it to yourself. Don't yeah. be don't be greedy. Tell someone who would like this to share like with it. a coworker while you're at work. Yeah, listen to it while you're at work. You wow, kids and your yeah. Whatever you kids are doing these days, listen to a podcast instead of whatever you whatever Roll else down you do. the road, listening to this in your AirPods instead of watching for traffic like Robin does. <laughs> exactly. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at our show on shows. So like, subscribe. We got a YouTube channel. Uh, there's one video on there currently. So yeah, follow us everywhere and tell everyone to like us.
And I know from other podcasts that since we're on Apple Podcasts, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts. So you should go there if you like the show and write a review as coherent as you can manage. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, understandable, just words that are known yeah. in a row. And five and, and and if you like us, make sure it's five stars. If you don't like us, I can't imagine you listen to this whole thing, but make it five stars anyway, just for spite. Yeah. Yeah, like leave a sarcastic five star review. Do it ironically. It was five stars. Good job, idiot. (laughs) Yeah, five stars worth of crap, but it's still five (laughs) stars. (laughs) So we will see you. um, I was going to say down at the fishing hole. We will see you. (laughs) How uh, dare you? On the next episode, same bat, whatever time you listen to podcasts, same bat, wherever you get your podcast. Sir, King of Gotham.